I don't watch the show that much, so I don't know. I thought you were the producer and Matt was the star. <laughs> and I, an I know that no one out there knows your name, so I wanted to, you know, speak to people, the audience, who understood what I was talking about. Today we had on ultra luxury agent Zach Goldsmith. Zach talks about what he did to land some of his highest price listings, how he found himself much later on in his career, and how to be a chameleon to adapt in any situation. All right. Well, here we are with Zach Goldsmith. Uh, handsome devil. Handsome devil. He's got exposed beams in his, I think that's his house. Is um, my house. If you're, okay. If you're not watching, watch. You, you head over to YouTube and look at this guy's exposed beams. Um, Fascinating. Zach, that people you. listen to podcasts, by the way, when you <laughs> say that. I, I, would, I would never listen to a podcast. I got to watch something. I, I'm the exact same way. I'm all YouTube for podcasts personally. I think it's uh, the better route to go. Zach, you are a uh, force to be reckoned with in this real estate industry. Um, if people don't know, you've done over a billion dollars in real estate sales. And when you came to the agency, it was one of the biggest deals I've ever seen in my life. So congratulations. Jesus, that is a lot to live up to. You sure you're the right guy? You should check with uh, yeah. producer again. You're uh, Ben Bellac, right? I am. I'm Ben. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna be annoying for the next forty minutes. Uh, I love that. We already had him on the podcast. I know. Exactly we had him went. first. He's he's yeah. a he's a super uh, superhuman being. Uh, I'm 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 honestly um, grateful to be on this podcast because uh, you know uh, Eric, you and I have uh, you and I get together once a year and share a, uh, a a smoked fish platter and discuss things we want to do together. And we're actually, for the first time, doing something we said we would together. So let's... let's Zach, we, we've been talking for eight years. So <laughs> for people don't know, which is everybody, nobody knows. Uh, I worked at Hilton and Highland with Zach. I started as the receptionist, got to know Zach, then became an assistant for an agent there. And Zach and I always had some higher plan about doing some sort of real estate comedy or some real estate show, some sort of like curb your enthusiasm-esque where Zach was either a writer or the actual main actor on it because I don't know if people could tell here, but the guy beams through the camera. He could do a ton of impressions, voices, everything like that. So we would meet literally like once every six months and nothing ever happened besides we would just sit down, like you said, eat bagels and locks and laugh our ass off. <laughs> So basically two Jews getting together, you know, like just, just, just keep yeah. about normal life shit and then doing nothing exactly. about it. Should we meet again? Of course. Exactly. <laughs> Once every six months. Look, man, you and now we are here. Since then, you know, it's a fucking broke agent, but you're not so broke anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you lied to me now, man. You're doing well. Is this still your Jewish character? Yes. <laughs> Okay, There's got it. Different parts of uh, New York immigrant. Right, right, exactly. There was the upper borough accent Jew coming out of you. By the way, Zach is Jewish. I am Jewish for the people at home. Also. No, that is, I, that is I am not. That is kosher for everybody. Matt, are you not. not? I'm not. Italian. Just do us, Eric, on this? Yeah, Matt, can you uh, Thank get you, up, Matt. They, and, and it's been great. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, take care. No, thank you so much, Matt, honestly, for that intro. Um, 
you can come back. Thank you for the intro. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to be part of this um, and share whatever story I am creating as we speak. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if there's a bit of a lag going on. If there is, we can have our producers edit it out. But um, what, uh, what's, do you say, were you making fun of my accent? Not making fun. I, I, I have, I, I'm like, I'll, I'll tell you this later. I'm like a chameleon. I cannot help but do these things. So people get insulted by it sometimes. I find it to be like one of the great traits of people. And so every time you say something that gets me, I think it's my Tourette's. You always say, oh, oh. <laughs> this is going to take a while to get to some questions then. <laughs> He's just repeating everything you no, say. It's going right to be very quick. It's going to be very quick. Just don't mind it. Okay, got okay, it. We'll just ignore I, I it from now on. <laughs> okay. So, Zach, for the people who may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the industry, and how you became an, an industry titan? I can tell you that uh, I'm still working on it, but I can tell you where I came from. So, I am the youngest of three um, from immigrant parents uh, from England. So, not that immigrant, but still not from this country. Um, I was born there. I came here when I was free and <laughs> are we talking to Robin Williams here? What's going on? <laughs> oh, Robin Williams. Yeah. No, calm down. I, I, <laughs> you just keep going. Yeah. yeah. I did, I did no, a ton of an story. Story for this. Right, of course you did. Um, so, so my, my dad, so very British family. My dad loved America for the opportunities. You know, he loved Sinatra. He loved gun toting cowboys like, John Wayne and Charles Bronson. He loved American cars, American actors, American women, you know. Um, you like this line, Eddie, huh? Simon, I'm not so sure, but. Should we get your dad on the podcast? He's dead. Oh, my apologies. It's fine. Um, do your research, kid. Do your, do your research. So my dad was a, uh, a small time developer, let's say. Uh, and my mom was a hugely, a hugely respected agent, um, so I had a lot to live up to. But, you know, like most realtors, I didn't start as a realtor, right? So we have different lives and careers first, unless you're like Drew Fenton, uh, who is like a prodigy and just starts right out of college, or your previous guest, Farrah Brittany, you know, who comes from a real estate family right out of college. We do other things. And I, for, you know, the first half of my life, hasn't left entirely, but uh, I was, I, I did stand up. I was in the film business. I did film development, production, writing, and, um, and especially comedy and performing. And I did it through college and I had a love hate relationship with it. Sort of like I do real estate. I just wish I figured that out earlier. <laughs> like I do everything in my life, um, especially my kids. Um, <laughs> it's true. You'll get to know that one day. Um, look, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer in life. Okay. So it takes me longer to find myself. And back then I had no idea who I was. Right. So that path no longer interested me. Um, plus I wanted to make money. Um, and I always right. loved the deal aspect. Um, the deal making aspect of real estate. I appreciated good architecture for some reason. It always stood out to me. Um, so I took the opportunity in 2005 to kind of leave that part of my life behind and jump into real estate and give that a try. And I started as an assistant 
to my mom. Then I worked my way up to junior agent, then agent. And then eventually I, you know, kind of like any animal that's raised in the wild, you want to be set free. And so I set off and became a solo agent. And slowly but surely, I found that real estate was a great avenue for me to use my innate skills, my people skills. I studied psychology for a while in um, in college, and I've been in a shit ton of therapy, and I need a shit ton more. Um, but you begin to understand people, and I have an ability to to do that um, in certain ways. And so I found that I could sort of use my comedy background and who I am and psychology in what I do now. And I combine those two worlds, and I think that has given me the level of success that I have now. How are you using those skills to attract leads in the first place? Because when you're in the room with you, obviously you crush it. You could you know, do the accent back to the person talking to you. But before you were posting to social media, which seems like kind of a recent development in your career, how were you attracting those leads? Was it cold calling? Was it door knocking? Was it farming? Like what were you doing? Well, you know, I, I'm never, I've never been a big cold caller. Um, I've never found much success from it. For me, I can talk on the phone, but I like to be in front of the person. So, and like, you know, people prospect the shit. I'd like all respect for those people. Ben Bellick is a fantastic prospector and cold caller and I watch him do it. He makes me sit in the office and watch him do it. And, and, you know, so it's like torture. you have to be resilient to do that, you know, and I like, I have, I'm too sensitive, I think for that world, you know, like I would call people and be like, Hey, this is Zach Goldsmith with the agency. I, I saw your house, um, was listed for sale. And if you have any interest, hello, hello, this, like, I can't take that. Right. I, I actually decided to try that for a little while. When I got shot down, I was like, what if I, I noticed this work before? So I tried, I would try in different dialects, right? Because I have an ear for him. So I would, I would then call in a British accent, the same person. Uh, Hello, this is Zach Goldsmith with the agency. Sorry to trouble you if you've got a minute this afternoon. Yeah, what's going on? I saw your house was for sale. I've got someone who would love to buy it from you and everything you did to it looks fantastic. And if you care for a high offer, they'd like to speak to you. Yeah, I guess come over tomorrow at 12, you know, it's like, so like, I actually would do those things and get success. And like, what am I doing? Can I, can I go up to their house like this? Wait, wait, wait. I was going to say, what happens when you show up? You have to just be in character the entire time. Oh, it's worse when I do the, my, uh, Mrs. Park, my Korean golf. Game. That's, <laughs> that's, they don't buy it. I don't know. So, so you can see that world doesn't work for me extremely well. Um, Right. So I really flush out my sphere and it's sort of like a six degrees of separation. I really go beyond that. And my business is really based on word of mouth and I'll go out and I will, you know, I'll go out with my clients. I'll go out with my friends and everything to me. I mix work and pleasure. Some people don't. I don't have a problem with it because I know when and where to separate it. Um, but for me, I really enjoy mixing those worlds and that's where I get my business. So I'll go out with friends, they'll, we'll meet, we'll be in person, we'll be talking, strike, strike up a conversation, we'll talk about real estate um, and 
it inevitably leads to opportunities. And, you know, I'm continuously working on systems to put those opportunities and turn them and, and turn them into actual sales or actual relationships. You know, it doesn't always have to be a sale, a relationship that fosters other relationships that foster, you know, listings and buyers and sales. So you've had like extremely high-end clients. I mean, you've had listing 60, 70, 100, I think you said $125 million listing. Are you this guy in front of everyone, no matter who it is? Are you this guy that we're seeing right here? Yeah. Are you mocking their accents right back to them <laughs> you know, while they're telling you about their house? I'll, I'll tell you something. That's a great question because it it took me a long time to figure out who I was. Like I said, I was a late bloomer. I got my teeth late. I had puberty late. I Everything was kind of like after the fact for me. Um, so, but I eventually catch up. And when I do, I feel like I'm ready at that point, which is, which is, I wouldn't be if it came to me back then. So I'm still figuring that out. But a big part of why I came to the agency is because I wanted that. I finally decided I needed that part of me to come out and I needed that to live throughout what I do every day. Um, I, I, I will say like, Matt, you are like, there was, I, I'm a chameleon, right? Part of like what I think a gift of mine is like a, a superpower is me being a chameleon. I can adapt and take from different personas and personalities. And I do, I take from, I surround myself with people who are inspiring. Some of my you know, best friends inspire the shit out of me and I take from them. I take from real estate agents. I take from other people in the world. Um, and when I was jumping to the agency from Hilton and Highland after 14 years with a very highbrow, um, uh, you know, high-end boutique brokerage who kind of prided themselves on discretion, um, that was a tougher life to lead. And I realized like with a guy like Drew Fenton, who's a friend of mine and one of the most successful agents there ever will be, is he's a very specific guy and he's very serious. He can be very fun, but he's very serious and composed. And I'm British, so I am serious and composed by nature. But this other side of me that just shines through, I, I was reserved for so long because I was worried that like, well, I'm selling Paul Allen's estate in Beverly Hills. And not only will I deal occasionally with Paul Allen, but more importantly, I'm dealing more often, I'm dealing with the suits, right? These guys in Seattle, and there's 10 of them, and then three of them we deal with, and they're very serious and they're trained attorneys. And so I can't be like, hey, what's going on there? Matt Lionetti, you see this guy? He looks like an 80s porn star. You, know? <laughs> you do, you do. I can't see you as close, but you do have like an 80s porn star mustache. Not to be sometimes with 70s because 70s are fuller <laughs> mustache yours is a creepier sort of like <laughs> new specific decade, that mustache, new right. sort of thing you got going on you could talk like that and go out and get listing appointments like that you're like a canadian john leguizamo like like a like a scarface mustache almost like the, 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 yeah or it's that other I movie like that leguizamo did with pacino Car carlito's way carlito's way yeah, yeah. Um, but back to your question. There's a link in the description to Carlito's way. Yep. 
you guys, I'm sorry about the diarrhea of the mouth. You guys didn't need to be here today. You could have just, just asked a few questions. I yeah, what are you talking What are you talking about right now? I, from one minute to the next. What do you say? I, I, I want to say, though, back to your original question um, that I'm answering in, in a two-hour period. Um, <laughs> part of me coming to the agency was the idea that it was a younger, more youthful, more creative, more expressive energy. And we were sort of taught there as like the agency's the enemy. The agency is a cheesy sort of like glitzy, um, lower than us sort of standard of real estate. And so you bought it for years. You know, I kind of thought that, but like, I'm like, well, I'm friends with a lot of those guys like Mauricio and Dyson and Blair and Billy and Ben, all these guys. Um, they're like, I like them, you know? And, but it was kind of weird. That was the, that was the image, but I thought like, okay, am I going to stay at Hilton Highland? Am I going to go to this other company that is sort of like Hilton Highland, which we always wanted to keep that going or, am I going to pivot and go with what's inside of me and what I really want to come out more? And in the end, I chose, it was a long, arduous process, and I chose to go to the agency because I thought, look, I am very serious at times. I am very composed. I do know what I'm doing. I've been doing this a long time. I know how to deal with with all sorts of people, all walks of life, and, I, and I'm constantly learning how to read the room. This part of me inside is who I am, and it is what gets me where I am, and I have to take advantage of that. So I, have, I, am, I am now more than ever combining those two worlds, and what was scary at first, even a few months ago, and I've been doing this you know, for 23 years, what was scary just a few months ago in that transition, not knowing how well it would work, I am gratefully somehow like having the best start to the year I've ever had. And it's, I have to attribute some of that to the combination of like, uh, of combining the world and being, and coming out of sorts, right? Don't cut that clip in a way that uh, people <laughs> think I play with Simon, but. Cooper, 18 minutes, 14 seconds. <laughs> and either Perfect way. hook right there. Um, and, I, and like, I will say, like I jumped into the agency forum, which is a big global event, all the offices coming together. That was my first week with the agency. And I hear Matt Leonetti is speaking. And I'm like, I've heard of this guy. And I know he's super pale. That's all I knew about him. He's funny and he's pale. He looks like a South Park character. Are you getting no sun up there or what, eh? <laughs> Can't you just dart out in the sun occasionally with some vitamin D? You're sort of like the shade of an uncooked potato. <laughs> I feel like you're like primer. I feel like we need like shades of paint on your cheeks to decide which color to go. An uncooked potato. <laughs> so, so I see this guy first get to the agency. I hear you're speaking. I know a little bit about you. I heard some of your story and knew, and I've seen your social media stuff. And I think you've been doing this a few years, maybe. And I've been doing this almost 20 years. And I suddenly feel a very strong connection. And I've never told you this before. We've never really spoken much. Um, but I felt a very strong connection with you. And it resonated, uh, you know, because I came to the agency to combine these two worlds. And I was just beginning to do that after 18 years in the business. And this young fucking Canadian kid was living my life. You know, so similar yet so different. And for me, you talked about 
you know, how you had to be yourself and what did you have to lose? And I thought, shit, I've been doing this so long. I have a lot to lose, you know? So I envied you. I was jealous of you in ways. And it's the natural comic that we get jealous of other comics at the same time. I love nothing more than other comics and funny people like Eric, like who just fucking make me laugh from the gut. And so you appreciate both of those parts. Um, and it's, so, so you really inspired me and convinced me that I could also combine both worlds. I still don't know if I can do the same types of shit that you do, because I feel like my clients will tune in and be like, what the fuck is he doing over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a nerve, uh, a like. fucking nervous breakdown. Yeah. You know, yeah. so <laughs> I got to do it in my own way and I should do it in my own way. But, but that is like, that has helped me in my journey, in my ever evolving journey and journey and my constant pursuit for evolution. So I want to thank you for that because unknowingly you've probably inspired a lot of people. Um, but it, it's, it's given me more comfort knowing that I did the right thing. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Very, very kind of you to say, especially being such like, you know, such a, a force in this industry. That's, that's really cool to hear you say, um, didn't say anything nice about Eric. Did you hear that, Eric? Well, yeah. You know what pisses me kick, off about kick this, rocks. Zach? Zach, I've been going to drinks once every six months, dinners, lunches, bagels, schmear with you for six, seven years telling you this every single time. What did we talk about last time at, at New York Bagel Deli? I sat there with you for an hour, showed you all the podcasts, showed you Matt's content. And I was like, dude, you got to be doing some stuff like that. You have to be on video. Did that not resonate with you at all? Was it just going... In one year, no, not the it, other, and then you saw Matt speak it for him, and then now you're converted totally all of a sudden. This totally is a, 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 I, unbelievably insulting. I don't watch the show that much, so I don't know. I thought you were the producer and Matt was the star. <laughs> <laughs> and you're I, an I asshole. Know no one out there knows your name, so I wanted to, you know, speak to people, the audience who understood what I was talking about. Got it. Okay, that makes sense then. I well, said Jared Whitefish together. That's more than I've done with fucking Leonetti. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that until true. I come see you next week in LA. We're not sharing whitefish together. Maybe a cocktail. Oh, Gentiles okay. eat. What how did Gentiles replace the whitefish? With what? Eggs? <laughs> I don't know. I've never I've never even enjoyed whitefish really. I'm more of a more of a lox type of guy. But Zach, I do want to get into so you're saying all of this that you have found your personality. You've had a, a coming out of emotions and charisma and you you're finally like able to use your personality within real estate, which sounds like you kind of were already doing in conversation. So what are you doing from a content perspective now? You have a podcast with Ben, and then what else are you doing to, to use the, these skills that you have, this humor and the ability to you know, be a chameleon with everybody? Well, so the content creation was a big reason for coming over. Starting this podcast was kind of the, the, you know, the catalyst and using it as a catapult to do other things. So we're making a lot more um, uh, property videos now in the way that I've wanted to, where they're character driven um, and, and, you know, making the house as the star, but us as the kind of the characters that are that run through the house during the day, like a daily life. So we're combining those worlds. We're talking to, uh, we're talking to um, producers uh, about creating a show uh, and a couple of other show ideas that have been brought to us and that we've shared with people. So from that perspective, I just want to keep churning out content that 
I've always felt like has resonated with me, content that I like to create in the world of real estate. And we do stuff outside of real estate also, but it's a different kind of, it's a different channel. And those who, those who know, know. I think Simon's going to start following that, but that's a little riskier and edgier. And like, you got to know your audience. And so I, as much as I will be myself through, um, through this vehicle, I also, I also know when to shut the fuck up and I know when to change gears. Sometimes I don't. I'm learning all the time, <laughs> but I teach my kids this all the time. Like, you know, I get calls from their school. Like, uh, yeah, Miles is uh, fucking around in class. He won't listen. I was like, yeah, he's my son. What do you want from me? Goodbye. And you know, but, I, but I try and teach him like there's gears. There's times to play and be loud and be boisterous and be yourself. And there's times to shut the fuck up and listen. And I say that to them. And that's how I feel. And so changing gears for me is a big part of how I navigate through this world. The, Does that throw off your the, question entirely? You're like, I don't even know what I asked anymore. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, Eric asked questions. Yeah, I asked about I was the, looking at uh, Eric, content really. creation. Yes, you were, yeah, you were looking <laughs> right, right at me. No, that was a great answer. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah great, great answer. Um, but the thing is about it, like you've, you're not just like a luxury agent at this point. Like you are like, I guess you would call yourself a, an ultra luxury agent. Like you're not selling, I mean, you are selling two, three, four, five million dollar properties, I suppose, but you're selling like the cream of the crop type of property. How do you get there? What do you do along the way? I know you're heavily into your sphere and really like, uh, like getting into all that, but how do you get to where you are now all these years later? Everyone stop for a second. This market is a little bit tighter than it has been in the past few years, which means leads are not necessarily banging down the door. But you know who isn't worried right now? Agents who use Boomtown, the number one rated real estate CRM in the game. That's right. Boomtown it was actually founded in 2008, Eric. Do you know that? Yeah, the same year the Phillies won the World Series against the Rays. How could I forget? I'll take your word for it. Uh, in the middle of a housing crisis, their CEO, Greer Allen, built it yeah. from the ground up with Legend. the explicit intention of empowering agents to be successful, no matter the market. So if you're ready to build a truly bulletproof business, visit boomtownroi.com slash overass. Plus, see how you can score 750 big ones in free digital advertising. That's boomtownroi.com slash overass. Well, first of all, I think it took a lot of time you know, I have a lot of my business comes from business managers and these are business managers I've known for a long time. I knew these people in comedy um, and, you know, for my life of standup and, and development and production. And I remember jumping into the business, into real estate and being like, oh man, I'm going to kill it with these guys. In the first few years, I got nothing from them. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, why, how can I, how am I not getting business? We're close. I'm friends with these guys. You know, I've established relationships. Well, I come to learn what a business manager really does and what the, what life is really like. And they've got their clients' best interests in mind and they've got to take care of their clients. So it w wasn't until years later that they started seeing what I was doing. And I started, you know, just quietly, you know, getting out there, showing them what I was doing and who I was that they started trusting me. And then one led to another. And then for me, it's like, well, I try and go above and beyond for my clients. When a lot of agents say, you know, close, do you, what, what the fuck are you wasting your time for? Or you don't need to do that. 
I go above and beyond because it's a service business and I want to make sure that people feel like they are getting a VIP treatment and extremely well taken care of and extremely valued. And it's something I work on constantly. I'm not perfect at it by any stretch. I try and put a team together, which was my other part of that answer, is I built a good team. And by building a good team, I don't have 50 people around me that work for me. I, know, I kind of go to the people I need during certain times, bring them on and be like, hey, let's do some business together. Let's partner on this or I want to pull you in. I need your help here. I'll take care of you. And it seems like I've got a team that covers everything around me. So like it's the combination of, of those worlds that that, you know, the, the, the team building has really played a big part of it. The team building and just the years of going after the same stuff that they finally given me the opportunities. And so you get to a point where like years later, you put together a big, a big enough um, portfolio that you get in front of these people. I ask them, you know, what's going, I give them advice. What I do, I don't give them advice. Sorry. I give them information like these business managers, attorneys, high net worth individuals. I love to give them information about the real estate market because they're so much smarter than me in so many other ways. And they're killers at what they do. And they know real estate too. Everyone knows real estate, but they don't have the intimate knowledge that we do. They don't know what the market's turning and what it's doing. And so we can fill them with this information and this kind of insider info and they love it. They eat it up and I give it to them in ways they can present it to their clients like it's their own and they are empowered and they come back to me. So that team that I'm talking about involves them and involves me empowering others to do a team job. When you're going up against these other people for a $65 million listing, $125 million listing, what sort of prep goes into that? Like, what does your listing presentation look like? What's the prep like? And then when you're in the room, what separates you from all these other pricks that are, you know, other Hilton and Highland guys, agency guys, Coldwell bankers that have these massive portfolios? Like, how do you win it and how do you prep for it? Well, at the end of the day, me separates me. And that's all I can really do. We can all come to the table with a fancy listing presentation. I sold this, I sold that, and we all do, right? So that's part of the team that I'm talking about. I'll go out and I'll know we have a listing presentation. I go to PR, marketing, advertising. We brainstorm, we come together and put together a listing presentation that hopefully they haven't seen before that covers other aspects of what's going to be happening during that listing and how we're going to reach out to people. And hopefully it's something they haven't always seen. Um, and so that's that team coming together and building that. I also like to bring people in on listing presentations with me. Sometimes I'll go solo. Sometimes I'll bring, like I used to bring Jeff Hyland with me, right? So, you know, Jeff Hyland, God rest his soul. He passed away a year ago and he was, um, he was, I had the, uh, the fortunate ability to have him as a mentor. You know, when I first went to Hillman Highland, I was, it was intimidated. It was like 14, 15 years ago. And I was young in the business and I was extremely intimidated. This was the biggest independent brokerage there was. And I knew that I didn't want to be in real estate if I wasn't swimming with the sharks and I wasn't playing in the big leagues. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't care about selling anything else. 
And now I sell other stuff too for for much lower prices and love it. It's fine. And I have a team that helps me with it. And there's parts of it that I fucking love and I'll, and I'll, and I'll dive right in. Um, but this Hilton Island was the big leagues and I knew I wanted to, to be there. And I got in and Jeff was extremely intimidating for a long time. <clears throat> and I finally found a way through comedy, funnily enough, and my abilities to do what I was doing. I think he appreciated but I would, you, you remember this, I would do like a roast and a show every year for our big black tie holiday, holiday party. party. So I thought, well, one, it started because they were so boring. They were so like, oh, we've sold this many properties. We're wearing fancy suits. And like, I'm like, this kind of is like fancy, but sucks. So I just picked up a microphone and I just started roasting people one day at one party. And it, and, and it caught on so much. It, we had so much fun doing it that I did it every year since. And I think Jeff watched it he respected that and it was a part of him inside also that he never let out for one of the biggest high-end residential agents the world has ever seen he was very serious drove a very fancy rolls royce and it was very intimidating and he had this really funny side to him and i think that resonated with him so i became um sort of a partner in many ways we partnered together on things and so i would bring him into listing presentations not we wouldn't even be on the listing half the time sometimes he would and it would benefit me and i wanted to bring him in i like the benefit of bringing in other people that are bigger than me that are bigger than life figures because i know i'm going to run the show and they're going to help get the listing and they're going to help ultimately you know with their network and their level of respect sell it I'm glad you said you were intimidated by him because as the receptionist, whenever that Rolls Royce pulled up, my heart would start absolutely pounding at 745 every single morning I was there to open up the place, answer the phones. I had to have every MLS caravan uh, straight and parallel. There was no call that could go unanswered. And if a call came in for Jeff and he was on the other phone, you had to put it on hold and then you had to go up to him and actually hold up a paper with a sharpie of who exactly it was and he would give you a signal like he was you know a third base of third base coach or something saying like 10 or 15 or keep him on hold and then the people he's talking to these are the most high net worth people in the world so i would have to be like yeah sorry Saul, jeff's on another call and he'd be like what the fuck are you doing like put me through to him right now and it was horrifying and oh, yeah, it, right, it was right. such well, jeff it's elon musk come to hold yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that, that that is how it felt and there, there was also a time where I would pick up the phone. I'd be like, good afternoon, Hilton and Highland. And he would get mad at the way my inflection sounded. And he would tell Jen Berman or someone and be like, this Eric guy needs to either shut up and do it quieter, or he needs to sound more enthusiastic on the phone. And here I am a 23, 24 year old, you know, asshole who just graduated college, who has no idea what he's doing on the phones. But he was just like, it, it's awesome that you developed that relationship with him through just being uh, yourself and through comedy, because I was so afraid of any, like even talking to the guy. So I, I think that's a great thing. The audience could take away is that even just being, being yourself and bringing on people bigger than you is how you're literally selling listings with $125 million now. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's how I do it. You know, it's like, well, yeah. the, the, the Kurtz of the Rappaports of the world and the Drew Fenton's yeah. of the world and the Jade Mills, they've sold a lot more property than I have. So why use me? And, and by the way, I never step on anyone's toes when I'm in there, when I'm in a listing appointment and I know who I'm up against, I'll never talk bad of them. I'll never speak bad of those people. I'll just be like, look, I respect those people too. If I can provide you 
information that helps you, I'm glad to be here. And we bond or we don't. And I try and find ways to um, just spit out your dentures. What did you just do? <laughs> I blew my nose. I knew you were going to call me out on that. <laughs> I, I, was, curious, I just spit out my Invisalign. <laughs> yeah, it looked, like, it looked like you took out your retainer, Timmy. I, I find ways to kind of um, to, to connect with them genuinely. You know, another guy I take from, um, a good friend of mine since high school, Brandon Williams, is extremely successful, extremely energetic and optimistic. And I like feel fortunate enough again to have a superpower that I can take those things from him and watch how he does it. And I'm still like, I try and do it, but he's so good at it because he's so genuinely interested in all these things. And I'm like, think I'm just a better actor. Like I can act like I am, but I'm not always super interested. So I think that hurts me in ways. Uh, but the more I de delve into the people and who they are and find connections, um, the more they want to find connections with me. And the more, the stronger that bond grows and the greater chance I have of getting that listing. There's so I'm relating with so much in this. Um, just because we come at it from different ways. You were saying how you were inspired about me kind of like finding myself early. Well, I'm inspired by, you know, the business you actually do. Like that's obviously what every agent wants is to get to a level where you are now. Um, and I think a lot of people have the questions of like being themselves, especially in that higher end market. Is it, can you not be yourself sometimes? Like, I know you said you have to read the room, but like, just with this show right now, I'm picturing you in a listing presentation almost being like a comedy act. Like, has it ever turned into that? Like that you're, say you're pitching a $15 million listing. Has it ever turned into like, you read the room, you kind of throw out a joke, they take it well, and then it goes in like, you just totally win off your personality and that's it. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, the the other side of the coin is I sometimes totally lose because of that, right? So, so I can't just go in. And I'm, it's not a comedy show, you know. I am a traveling comedy show. I entertain myself most of the time, and that's the, you know, I'm like no one else is laughing. My friend's daughter the other day goes, "You can't laugh at yourself. Other people are supposed <laughs> to laugh at your jokes." I'm like, but I find them funny. She's like, "It's not a good look." I'm like, "You're ten. <laughs> Shut the fuck up." I, she made me self-conscious, you know? Um, wait, what was the question now? This is what, oh, right. <laughs> like, yeah, you got so, it. So it is reading the room and it is constantly evolving and figuring that out. So I'm, I can be very serious, very focused. And look, we're dealing with people's biggest assets. You know, whether it's a million dollars or a hundred million dollars, if it's a hundred million, it's probably not your biggest asset, but it is a big deal. And people don't want to fuck around. So I don't, you know, this is, I don't come in as a comedy act. I come in as myself and I find humor in everyday things in life. And that's part of just how my brain works. But I also can be very focused and very serious and get to the point and understand what people want. So it's finding that combination of delivering the goods because first and foremost, you have to deliver the goods. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to know the market. You have to know the neighbors. You have to know who sold what. You have to care about the history of it, which I do. And I get that from Jeff Hyland, which I'm forever grateful for because I, I now 
look, you know, he used to sell a property. I think about this when I go in a listing presentation. He, you know, every time I would go to, to leave the office, I'd be like, Jeff, I'm going to go show the property. He'd stop me and say, don't show it, sell it. And it, it thought like, what does that mean? You know, what does that really mean? But he would, the way he would show a property, I take from that also. He would show a property or a listing appointment by going into the history of the production like it was a movie and like Greta Garbo first lived in this house in 1943 and she had an affair with James Dean and James Dean then crashed his car into the side of the house right over here and your neighbor was was Marilyn Monroe and that people are like whoa they're part of like a bigger story and a bigger history and so I find ways to bring that in also and like so it's not it doesn't have to be just through comedy that's through just excitement and then there's funny parts yeah. within that connect but all in all i know what i'm talking about and if i don't listen i've said this before that i'm very good at understanding situations <laughs> and i don't know every answer ever right and i'll leave a listing of a presentation and like my partner or my assistant will be like how the hell did you answer everything like that and I was like, well, I learned a long time ago, you either dazzle them with brilliance or you baffle them with bullshit. And I think I baffled enough for us to get by just now, you know? So it's, it's, but like people want, this is what I bring to the situation. I try and use comedy and life and my background to create a bigger story than what's happening. I kind of pride myself on being able to take a novel and turning it into a screenplay. Right. So like my life is pretty boring. If you just look at what I do, I go to work, I come home, I yell at my kids, I kiss my kids. And, you know, you know, I, I, I spend some time with my wife when we're not working and, you know, I watch a show, read a book, rarely read a book, watch a show and, you know, eat dinner and go to bed. The way I would describe, extremely boring. Yeah, it's, it's extremely boring. But like the way I would describe other people's lives about when you come home and the most magnificent moments are filled with your children's laughter and, you know, the mellifluous sounds of their voices just resonate through you and make you a better person. That's kind of like a version of that is what I bring to showings, to listing appointments, because I don't just want to be here and be like, eh, here's the kitchen, um, dining room, living room. You can figure it out for yourself. <laughs> I want to tell a story about yeah. what this brings to you to their lives and what their and how their lives will fill it zach you yeah. you bring you bring enthusiasm and i say that all the time I, I feel enthusiasm sells more than anything in this world i feel like if you're enthusiastic you can get it done um that's my personal opinion do you have a story for us where you're just absolutely bombed in a listing presentation like like you, you're being yourself, maybe storytelling, telling a joke and it just nothing hit. And you just left there being like, I got what, what the hell happened? That's it's, it's, it's a good story because it come, it came full circle. So um, there was a great producer who passed away a few years ago named Jerry Weintraub um, did some of the biggest films of all time. And he had this house in Beverly Hills, just North of, the flats in the estate section, um, you know, multiple acre tennis court, pool, guest house, stunning property. And it was valued like 
this was like eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago for $20 million. And I went into the listing presentation. I got the opportunity through one of my, my favorite business managers and friends. Um, I'm belching tea as we speak, but do you see the Britishness of it? It comes out underneath. Huddle. You shouldn't talk about it afterwards. So let's move on. Um, Are you just doing an American accent this entire time and you're actually British? <laughs> Absolutely. Could you tell? Fuck, I was trying. I was honestly. Your entire, your entire life has been an accent. Yeah, I thought I was doing very well. You said you were born there. So I, it, I actually was thinking like, oh my God, has this guy just been duping everybody this entire time? <laughs> some people, some people would be like, that's not your real accent. I'm like, how do you know the American's not my fake accent? And they're like, wait, are you serious? It's like parent trap. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm up for this listing for this Jerry Weintraub property, $20 million property six years ago in Beverly Hills, big deal. And I get it through my favorite business manager and he knows I can crush it. And I find out that Drew Fenton is going up for the listing too. And Drew Fenton, again, one of the biggest agents in the world, we work for the same company and I'm like, he's going to get it over me in most cases, if it's a situation of that type of property and not always, of course I beat him out sometimes. Um, uh, but like, you know, he's an idiot savant at what he does. So I would hire him over me. Um, <laughs> you know, depending. Um, so I go to him and I say, look, I found out you're going up for the same listing. Do you want to join forces and do this together? I think we can both bring things to the table. Here's what I know about it. Here's what I created. And right away, he says, absolutely. And this is one of the brilliant things about him is he's, he, he works with people so well and has no problem sharing that. So we go in and then I decide, you know what? Let's level up and bring in the big dog and we get Jeff Hyland to come. And we go into this listing appointment, Zach Goldsmith, Drew Fenton, Jeff Hyland, the three of us are sitting with his widow and like security in their card room. And she's this mean old woman and just wants to see our presentation. That's it. Get out. And so I start like, you know, wasn't as refined as I am now. And I'm not as refined now as I hope to be in a few years. So I start like, you know, everyone does their thing. We work as a team. Everyone has their own character. I, I'm like, I know she's an old um, Jewish comedian family. Like that's their world. So I start relating to her on a level that I'm like, oh my God, I've got this. Like from my dad and my and my love of comedy, I know all the old Jewish comics. I know that whole world. I start doing like this Sinatra bit and these this old Henny Youngman jokes and Alan King. And I'm like, this is incredible. And she's gonna she's gonna eat it up. And she's just like, are you done? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, one more story. Don't want to hear it. And then Jeff oh came God. in and Jeff gave his big fancy coffee table book to her. And she's like, I've seen it. I have it. And dumbfounded, like we got absolutely annihilated. She could, couldn't care less that these three heavy hitters were in the room, two of the biggest to ever do it, brought so much to the table and she didn't care. And the listing went to someone else. Um, the listing actually went to another agent plus Mauricio Umansky. So talk about- I was going to say, it definitely went to Mauricio. Mauricio <laughs> right when you said that, I knew it was Mauricio. Well, Mauricio is, you know, like if I think he, I'm charming at all, like Mauricio is like, makes me look like a student, <laughs> yeah. right? 
yeah like that's how i came to the agency i was like he charmed the shit out of me i was like i'm never coming here he goes oh really i'm like never oh really are you sure you're not the come to beverly hills come to the agency okay i'm in it's amazing it's incredible and you look in his eyes and he's just very charismatic so he got it sold it we were crushed all three of us had no idea how we didn't get it bringing three of us to the table she could care less and last year i represented the buyer off market we bought that property so it's and i never like things come full circle you know it's a very emotional business you lose a lot of big shit in this business you lose a lot of big listings a lot of big buyers especially in the high end you're like we're competing with the same brokers for the same clients and unless you beat them to the punch um you may not win and i've lost clients even recently this year i lost a client oh we lost a property and they went and bought a property with someone else and this is a 12 million dollar property and it crushed me for a minute and i knew they were working with this person for a long time they liked me too they went with this guy i found them that property so it was super annoying um but i decided like i was so upset at the time and i decided look breathe through it we know the ups and downs in this business we know when there are waves you ride them longer and when they crash you get up sooner and i was like best of luck I think you're getting a great house. Hopefully it checks out because it looks beautiful above ground. And I just like was so nice to them and wished them the best. Three weeks later, and this was like two weeks ago, they call me and say it was riddled with mold. The house wouldn't work if there's anything else you find. And I got to work right away and I dug deep and I found them an off-market property and we're closing next week. So a client that I thought I'd lost, I stuck with, I, I was nothing but grateful for knowing them, having them, not being bitter at all. And it's come back to serve me well. So like one thing I would say is like, if you can really focus on, on staying above board, staying above the wave, uh, you're gonna go a lot further. Like that listing I just got crushed in and came back and sold, it's a it's a it's a serious business, man. It's a business like the ocean of lots of waves and some are going to crash and some you're going to ride. But you just got to keep getting keep paddling out there and doing it again. And the more optimistic and ener energized you are for me serves what serves me well. And that's what Mauricio brings to the table for me. Now, Jeff Highland, I got that. I have that on my shoulder when I need it. Now I have Mauricio. And his optimism is like the biggest in the world. You know, he's one of the biggest optimists in the world. I have one of my closest friends is very similar. Like nothing is ever wrong with them. And, and my buddy's wife is like, I'm like, how is he? She goes, she goes, you know, how some people see the glass half empty. Others see it half full. His cup runneth over. And that's how Mauricio <laughs> is. And I like to bring that optimism to the table, that energy. Um, and I feel like that serves me very well and consistently on an upward trajectory in my career and my life. Yeah. I, Matt, this I is love, great. We literally, we don't even have to ask questions here. He's basically just, <laughs> no, this guy's got a whole script. He's basically I, got a I got a trumpet. One second. <laughs> yeah. Put the clown nose on. Every, 
every question I thought about asking, he has somehow meandered in position this <laughs> way to already do it. I was going to ask, like, what's your advice to an agent that's you know struggling or something like that? You just answered that immediately with yeah. you know going going through the waves of the ocean. You put it way more poetically, uh, yeah. but I, I think that is so true. Instead of getting bogged down on something, uh, you know, shitty that happens to you, losing a client, losing a listing presentation, those you know, you, you wipe it right off your back, get back on, and then, you know, more good stuff comes down the road. So I thought that was, that was really well put. Yeah. Too bad you didn't uh, stay in the industry long enough to see it, see it through, Eric. Uh, I was uh, doing it for seven or eight years and created an entire yeah. business about those ebbs and flows, actually. Right. So Look, I, I would also tell it. those people that, you know, something that I, I thought about Oprah the other day, because she's interviewed more successful people in this world than anyone arguably right and she says the most common characteristic between them is those people know where they want to go and i'm not even sure i know exactly where i want to go i know what i want to achieve and i know like different areas i want to succeed in and evolve in but i'm always asking myself ben and i did an episode a couple of weeks ago about finding your why what's your why what is your reason for getting out of bed and motivating and 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 living life um and i thought about it and i was like i thought i knew and i actually think like well i know some but it's a constant journey to find what you really want and i think it changes uh but having a clear vision really sitting down with yourself and figuring out what your reason for doing things i think you'll get get there a lot quicker if you know where you're going agreed Hundred percent agree. I thought for a second you were gonna say, I was talking to like thinking of o Oprah the other day because she's your client or something. Um, I was about to lose my shit. Oh, but... I could tell you stories, but uh, those were the more discretionary days at Hilton and Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hundred percent agree. I mean, with like I said, this this episode for me has been super uh, inspiring, and I've been able to relate a lot because I feel like we're the same in a lot of ways, and we're utilizing. Uh, I guess you can call our talents in different ways. Uh, yeah. And look, it doesn't brought... mean like I'm, I'm, I'm an ultimate optimist, you know, in many ways, it doesn't mean that I don't have trouble getting out of bed. Sometimes it doesn't mean that I like <laughs> one of my most difficult, is that a sneeze again? Or is that a laugh? He's, he's laughing. <laughs> I just, I, I tried to do some joke there where I fake spit out my dentures again. And you guys just didn't react. At oh, okay. All. <laughs> so you can, you can put that in the graphics afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I find that that gets, like you said, Matt, the energy and the optimism gets me uh, a, a, a lot farther because people want to be around that energy. I want to give off that energy. I make it a point every day to kind of come to the table with as much energy as I can. Look, some days I, I, I can't get dressed. I mean, some days I find it so hard to get out of my pajamas and get dressed like either like I don't want to pick out what I'm going to wear or something subconscious is like you're not getting dressed right now and you know partly it's because I I got a badass PJ game what but I like my PJs but it's it's not always easy but you do it and what I've done also which I think is a game changer even just the past few months is I meditate every morning and I just take 10 minutes 15 minutes I stretch I think to myself what do I want for the day for my life? I try and manifest my destiny. I try and kind of create a path instead of just going blindly. And it's helped even just that little amount of time. It's helped 
tremendously. It's done worlds of difference for me. You should do uh, what Eric does and only own three shirts. It's a lot easier um, to get ready in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that. I'm a big believer in manifestation, law of attraction. I'm, I journal every night. I talk about it all the time, but I'm, I'm very big on that. Um, and the optimism I a hundred percent agree with, like I've been finding that lately in my business, I've been getting a lot of referrals, um, which has been, been a higher price point for me than normally. And I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've been, uh, just crushing it for my clients and I'm getting more referrals. And I just feel like that energy that I'm giving off is like just creating more for me. And I'm, I'm getting into that higher price point now and I'm just having fun with it. That's inspiring. I want to see you reach those higher levels in real estate because it, it further inspires me. And I think it further inspires other people who have other sides of them to that they can express who they are. That's a better way of living to me. If you can, I'm happier now, whether I lose some clients or not. And you mentioned, excuse me, you mentioned that on stage also that night. You, you, you mentioned like, look, I may lose some clients but I'm going to gain others. And I'm finally okay with losing some, knowing that I'm going to gain many more who appreciate me for who I am, because I'm better at my job when I am more myself and I'm better at life. I I like myself more. Yep. hundred percent. Eric, are you going to chime in on this combo at all or just kind of do a fake fake dentures joke again? I mean, I've, (laughs) don't even have to ask anything. Like I already said, I totally relate with both of you in this. I just am not selling real estate anymore, but I, I really liked the aspect where you're talking about throughout showings, throughout the listing presentation, following some commonality or finding any place to insert a joke and just have that relatability. That's, that's something that I tried to do in, in every showing as well. And I think um, anybody listening to this who hasn't figured out exactly what they want to do content wise or from a marketing perspective. Hopefully you got inspiration from Zach because he's been doing this, what'd you say? 23 years and is just coming into it. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired by everyone around me. I think that helps too. Even, you know, you two schmagoos inspire me and and that gives me new life every day. So if you can find that, I think you're winning. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. I agree. Zach, thanks so much. Honestly, I'm super inspired by this episode. I'm going to message you off air because I'm going to be in LA and I'd, uh, I don't know. I'd love to say hello. You're going to stop by and say hello and you're going to leave? Literally just hello (laughs) from, from a distance. We we don't see each other then. Why do we need to see each other now? No, that's true. I'd love to. No, I'll just... I would. I would. I want to hang out with you. We're going to do this more. I really appreciate being on here. I think you guys do a a, a, a great show. You provide a, a wonderful service in the business with a lot of inspiring people. And uh, keep doing it, man. And let's keep doing ourselves. This journey just keeps getting more exciting. Amazing. Thank you. Zach, and if you want to hear more uh, from Zach, Zach, you. what's what's your podcast called? Uh, podcast just is called our, "To Live Across There." I, I'm sorry. The fuck did sorry go ahead i think we we lose there's a little delay <laughs> right here sorry guys we uh, we went over the allotted zoom <laughs> cut us off 50 minutes is uh, up. you can find me uh our podcast is called to live and buy in la and you can find me on instagram at zach goldsmith 24 not a coincidence that it's kobe's number and my high school basketball number i don't know who chose it first i will love you guys love man. thank you so much all right thank honor. you